Welcome to episode 45 of the Cowcast, Shop Talk. I'm Eric. I am James. And we are back. It's been a couple months. We had made a pledge, an internal pledge to ourselves to try and get an episode a month out starting with the beginning of the year. And then, uh, you know, a couple of worldwide events happened, I guess. Really one in particular that shut everything down. Yeah. Um, and that really kept us on our toes doing other things. Well, you, yeah, you would think that that would have given us more time to sit down. I mean, we... But I, I think we worked probably a lot more during the shutdown than than we had worked before uh so obviously that there's just a lot of juggling you you have a daughter that wasn't in school so that added something to your plate and um but you know uh, just like everything else uh things are (laughs) i i I don't want to say they're coming back to normal they're it's a new normal well i don't know i i just got so last night i got um I got an email from Wizards of the Coast where they had... Wizards of the Coast, uh, of course, deals with uh, Magic the Gathering and D&D. And in this email that they sent me... I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, they are uh, resuspending uh, in-store play in the United States and Latin America. It says, we've made the difficult decision to resuspend in-store play in the U.S. and Latin America. Uh, due to COVID-19 numbers. So, uh, who knows what that means, but uh, we can't officially run... Now, we actually haven't been running any events since the shutdown. The store has been... We've reopened... Was it May 15th or 16th? Yeah, something Uh, like that. We reopened when our state allowed us to reopen with certain uh, measures that we had to take. Uh, But the gaming section of the store has been closed off uh we have a, a loft that we have our gaming tables at and no one's allowed to use those uh it looks like that's just going to keep continuing now right uh, we have we've been debating for a while do we you know is it is it time to let people start using the tables again can we run events and uh so then wizards of the coast kind of just forced our hand as of last night uh so i don't know if it's a if it's a new normal i don't know what what we're dealing with at this time i think the the best statement I've heard somebody make about this is we're, we're coming out of it looking different than when we went into it. And every day presents different challenges and new opportunities. Really. Well, yeah, every, every day is a moving target because you just have no idea what's going to come up. We have... Uh, so, since the shutdown, uh, we have... There's one store that we're very friendly with and they announced that they were not going to be reopening. Uh, so that's unfortunately one casualty that we know. Um, do you know of any others? I know that you had, I think it was Mad Reads, right? That you, yeah, you know the people that had that store group in Colorado, Mad Reads, um, husband and wife, really awesome people, and they they were in an unfortunate position where the building that they were leasing from a couple of years ago uh, was going to go through some large renovations and desired not to have a comic store. I think they wanted a, a restaurant or something like that in it, so they kind of lost their spot and had been looking for, you know, the better part of a year and a half to find a new location. They were operating their business out of, um, 
out of a rented garage space, basically, where they could get weekly books and get them to their subscribers and whatnot. So they were they were managing that way. Um, I know he was doing some Facebook sales and things like that, but uh, with COVID and everything like that hitting, um, it was just too much for them. And then actually, I think the the nail in the coffin was the distributor split that we've got now. I think it was just too much for mm-hmm. him to try and take on with everything else he was juggling. So, and, and he was very similar to our positions where he has a regular full-time job and this was kind of a hobby job on top of it. Um, unlike him or unlike us, he didn't have, you know, a staff to be able to manage a lot of things, sure. you know, whereas we're, we're blessed with a couple of employees who can handle certain aspects of the business. So, all those things folded together. He's unfortunately out. Um, we have another friend who's in the somewhat nearby area who's unsure how long the store that is being run right now will, will exist um, because she does predominantly a lot of gaming. Uh, <clears throat> in addition to that, we know another person who's considering dropping new books altogether. Right. So... Uh, Coming out of this looking different than we went in is definitely... Uh, you're you're going to see that with a lot of places. Uh, you're going to see some stores that uh, only look different because they're not opening anymore. I mean, there's, there will be more store closures, I think, coming out of this. Um, I We could probably do one whole episode talking about, you know, just how the shutdown has impacted stores, but I think that that... I don't think that's what we plan to do today, but we probably could do one. Uh, it's been every day seemed to be like hitting a moving target with, especially with the DC and Diamond fiasco. Well, I'll call it a fiasco. Um, I think most people would, if they have a store, would call it a fiasco. And that, I think that's about the most PG term that anyone's used. Yeah, but every every day, every day it seemed like there was something, there was something new that would pop up and. You, you would check your email, and if you saw a DC email in your in your email box, it was it was time to uh, whatever your drink of choice is. It's time to get. I mean, it was yeah. Get it a was couple always, menu before you read it, and and yeah, it was always end of the day. You know, usually on a stuff. usually on a Friday, uh, and then the email would be turned off. Yep. Uh, it, so we. You know, every time we would get one of these DC announcements, we would be either texting or calling with, with the other, some of the other people we know that have stores, and uh, it was there was a lot of shared misery. Uh, I would say throughout and that whole thing, misery, anger, frustration. There was no joy. There was no joy shared. Let's right. go that way. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, yeah, there was a lot of stress. I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of stress baked into it too, and still is to this day. Well, it was. I think the biggest thing that that impacted us as far as the the audacity that it seemed that the way that they were doing it and they were doing it during the shutdown and during right. the protest and it was like this is I can't remember a time since well I guess maybe since 2008 in a way where businesses were more unsure of if they were going to exist by right. this time next year and they start doing this right in the middle of it and and everything that they sent out was they would they would put this um, language in it that uh, we've got great news we're going to be doing this uh, for the health of the direct market well nothing that they've done has been good for the direct market at all and the the number let's address the number one thing that we hear from people that 
maybe don't necessarily understand what's going on. But let's actually, before we get into that... Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to do a quick recap of the world, just in case somebody is not sure what we're even talking about. So, oh, sure. During the COVID shutdown, um, Diamond itself shut down, so new product distribution was basically turned off. And, and pretty much all the suppliers of new product did the same thing. So we, Games Workshop, which is Warhammer stuff, that was yep. all shut down. Wizards of the Coast had some interesting times. They were able to get product out, but they didn't send it, or they did things because stores weren't open. So there's just there, everything was up in the air. The one constant that every store had, though, was when things resume, we know who we're going to and what we're going to be able to get Mm -hmm. from it. So even though things like rent payments, utility payments, staff payments, furloughs, layoffs, all of those things were literal moving targets, things that you were challenged to have to try and figure out on a day-to-day basis. Um, Things like, are, are we allowed to do curbside pickup, contactless pickup, no pickup, can we be in the store, who can we have in the store, all of those things, right? Well... In well, the, that, in and a, that was that first week. Oh, yeah. But we hit our stride with that pretty quick. Well, we did. but that So that first week when we had to close, um, that was, in our state, we had, to, we had to close. It actually wasn't that night. It was by like 8 a.m. that Wednesday morning that we so, had to yeah, close. Yeah, because it came out on a Monday or something. Uh, they announced it on a Monday. Yeah. So Tuesday was the last day that we could be in business. Yep. Um, but, they, but last minute, Diamond... Uh, a lot, well, via the publishers, I suppose, said that we could sell the books that because we get our books on Tuesday, so we can process them and sell them on Wednesday. They said anyone who's getting your books, you can just, just sell them when you sell. get them if you yeah. want. So at least we we're able to get some of those books to people. And that was, of course, the last week we got a delivery. Yep. Well, that next morning uh, was, I think, as of eight a.m. was when the shutdown technically happened, mm-hmm. seven or eight a.m. And the reason was that Wednesday was St. Patty's Day. Yep. So they. They didn't want everybody out like crazy at the bars, and uh, which in this state certainly happens. So we had no idea. We read the emergency order, but we just had no clue what we were allowed to do. It wasn't really spelled out for us. I had I printed the emergency order off. I had it saved to the computers on here, you know, up on the screen. So we we were trying to. Everybody was trying to figure out what are we allowed to do, and we were yeah. talking to. to people with stores in different areas of the state and everybody's we don't know can we can't like you said can we be in here just maintaining maintaining product (laughs) right and now well that was the line in the emergency order where we said well what we're doing is product in is maintaining inventory right and we have to be here for shipping and receiving because we still had product in flight coming to us well but that was that was the other thing Uh, we we weren't sure if we could we weren't sure if we were supposed to be now luckily we're in an area where uh we're in a very rural area you know, we're not in, we're not somewhere that was getting hammered with numbers, and so it wasn't nearly as strict. We were able to to drive here in the morning, and we weren't letting people in, but we could ship orders out. We could receive our UPS orders and things like that, and um, and really, that's what kept us afloat. Yeah, we we shifted our business model a little bit. We did a significant overhaul of the show floor. Um, you oh, know, yeah. we took the time and opportunity to. Uh, really put some systems and things in place that we had wanted to and just didn't have the time to because we were too busy running a, a store. So it worked out good. But in, in the middle of the whole, um, you know, safer at home, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, all of a sudden uh, we get an email from D.C. that they are no longer going to be distributing product through Diamond. Well, uh, 
no, let's go back a little bit further because the first the first thing we got was when short shortly after Diamond announced that they were going to be shutting down, DC said they were going to we're also at- be distributing through they were going to break their exclusivity contract with DC or I mean with Diamond and distribute through these two other companies. Uh, and within about two minutes, anybody was able to figure out who the other companies were. They were brand new right. companies that were, and by now, I think anybody knows the score on who's running those particular companies. And it was, it kind of felt like the writing was on the wall, uh, that that was a move towards DC making a break, clean break with Diamond. Uh, that was the speculation that a lot of people had. We still weren't sure if it was going to be a stopgap where they would just use these two companies until Diamond reopened and then go back to Diamond. There were a lot of people that said, I mean, us included at the time, we said we were just going to wait till Diamond reopens. Also, yeah, actually, the other reason... Yeah, and, and I would just say whoever writes communication for Warner Brothers, um, they get an A+, plus because they they're really good at putting out stuff that nobody can understand. Because in in their email, um, what they had stated was that they wanted to be able to support the stores that were able to do business. So they were using these two new distributors to move some small amount of product while Diamond was still shut down. And it was like a couple of reprints, a couple of obscure black... One week was like five or six titles. It's like Daphne Byrne... Number four. Yeah, just stuff like the the Dollhouse. Batman 89 reprint or something like that. It was like a third print. Batman 90 third print. No, it was was a very, very minuscule amount. It's not paying bills. Put it that way. And it was all product that we had ordered through Diamond. Yeah. So the way that we had kind of looked at it was, all right, you know, this is... Do we want to set up accounts at these competitors? Uh, because ultimately, there's there's two new distributors, Lunar, which is owned by Discount Comic Book Service and In Stock Trades, DCBS and IST, and then there's UCS, which is owned by Midtown. So essentially, do you kind of give your open competitor your financial information and your numbers? for this short stopgap, or do you just hang on and wait for Diamond to come back? And because of the way the email was worded, there was some speculation of what are the, what are they, what's the ultimate motive here, but it was left so open-ended that you could still easily walk away from that email saying, well, they're just doing this for those that are open, and then once everything resumes, Diamond will be back in place. Um, you could take it either way, and... And, and, and the, it was, yeah. the main reason, well, for... A couple other reasons, yeah. So we'd already put orders in for those books, so why would we order from somewhere, someone else? Especially with something like Daphne Byrne, where we only yeah, have maybe like six people that get copies, it. Yeah. Why Why do we want to get six and one for the shelf from these guys and then get another six and one for the shelf from Diamond? At, you know, it's, at some point, it's are we going to be able to cancel our orders? We had no idea. Well, but and, the other and thing... The other factor in that, the whole thing is... By getting going through another distributor, now you have additional costs, right? So if these books were slated to come out through Diamond, they would come with our normal shipments, which yep. means, you know, just everything as you ship a package, every package costs additional, and the more you can put into a package, and the higher the weight, you know, the lower the overall cost for the dollar value of that box becomes. So now you've gone from I have an order coming from one distributor with one COD fee and one shipping fee to now I have two distribution places. Where I have two COD fees, so that's a double, a duplication of a fee that you're already paying. And now I have an additional shipping fee that is going to end up being 
a higher percentage of the total value of the books because I have a smaller amount of books that have to be moved. So we just decided let's not even let's not go down that road. Let's stick with diamond. Um, you know, stay par for the course with mm-hmm. what majority of and and an overwhelming majority of the market was the direct market was deciding well, to do. That's the yeah big picture. That's a big reason that a lot of places didn't go or a lot of stores didn't go with them. Uh, but as far as just anecdotally for us, we couldn't be open. We still were closed yeah. when they started doing that. We we weren't allowed to be open. So yeah, we could do curbside, but why are we? Why would we want to put these orders in to get books that we'll get in three weeks when we can be open and get them from Diamond? It just made no sense for right. us to do that. Now there again, there were stores that were open and they wanted to have product on their shelves. And uh, I heard from you know some stores that that they were very glad that they had new DC product and that if you were one of the you know ten states or whatever it was that was open. Um, it's cool that you could put new books on your shelf, uh, but I, it just made no sense for us to do. Since yeah. We literally could not be open. Yeah, and if it had been thirty-five titles, you know, Batman, you know, enough to move the needle, it would have at least made us stop and think. Uh-huh. Because we could do mail order, we could do other things. So at that point, it would have been a viable option. But for titles that I think, you know. Very minimal amounts would have been going out that the expenditure of, co- of both dollars and time and energy mm-hmm. um, just weren't didn't add up for us. No, absolutely not. So they announced that, and we decided we're going to wait and we're going to go. We're stay with Diamond. Uh, in the meantime, there was a lot of other little little stuff that kept kind of coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cancellations. Uh, there were oh, we're going to zero out your orders. Well, okay, so there were announcements that um, there were some books, Supergirl, for instance, that was going to finish digital only. They weren't going to print issues forty one and forty two, which were supposed to have been the last two issues. Now, Marvel also announced a large slate of titles that they were finishing digital only on as well. But as of Monday of this week. They pretty much walked that all back. They did, and they said that they're they're actually going to go to print on all of those books, and they're going to finish them off. Which I th- think I want to read between the lines on and say that that's Marvel, uh, kind of displaying how they're listening to customer feedback. People want these books; they want to be able to buy them, and it paints them in a positive light versus DC, who at this point is beyond listening to retailers or their fan base. Uh, they said we're not going to print these books they're not just going to print them because a bunch of people complained online marvel's actually responding yeah and they're printing them and um i think you know out of everybody who's coming out of this smelling like a rose right now it's going to be marvel uh and there's there are a lot of reasons so let's go into the reasons that dc gave for uh for pulling away from diamond now actually we can talk about the reasons they gave i the it's it's a lot of gobbledygook. Uh, they yeah. they were talking about how uh, it's to improve the direct market and uh, to help help retailers. What it's all double speak. It's right. back talking double speak, and there's nothing in it that none of what nothing that they have done since the shutdown has been helpful to us. You brought up Wizards of the Coast um, earlier, and well, I brought them up, and then you had mentioned that uh, they kind of. 
Hey, they had done something to sort of sort of help us and push some product towards yeah, us. What I they mean, there's did. been some some starts and stops for them, but they've come out doing some really big stuff for stores. Well, what they did was they announced that they're doing uh, like a, a store uh, store support package that they sent out with um, these things called mystery boxes. And the mystery boxes came out at the beginning of the year, and they're expensive. I mean, they were like like two hundred dollar, one hundred and eighty dollar boxes of cards, and they sent us. Like two cases of those to just do with uh, as we please to sell and price them as you want, and the yep. money was to be used to help keep our stores afloat. And we sold all of them uh, in. Well, we sold the we sold ninety five percent of them the first day, and then the rest of it we sold the next day. I mean, they went like gangbusters. Yep. It, they didn't have to do that at all. They just sent those to stores. They sent thousands of dollars yeah. worth of product to us for free. Now I'll tell you that made me say Wizards of the Coast is going to get more. Sp- more display space. We're going to be. We're going to push uh, more of their product, or at least more bring the, more of it in. Yeah, and and again, uh, Marvel also helped. Marvel went back and they raised everyone's uh, dis Marvel discount to. Did they raise it to seventy percent, or did uh, they add like fifteen percent? Yeah, they, they added I think fifteen percent on for a certain period of time. Um, there's yeah, so they were they were pretty good. Um, we had folks like Image. Well, but what that did with Marvel was that that was kind of retroactively applied towards yeah. invoices that had already come out. Yep. So we got this one, uh, we got one diamond invoice. This is the invoice after the week we came back, or, or that we could open, and we were getting new diamond product, and we had this massive Marvel credit. Yeah. Again, they didn't have to do that, but they did that, and that was great, and they. Yeah have been running some really great sales and they've been uh they and they cut their they cut their product flow yep it was it it's minuscule right now it's going uh every week they alternate between trades and then the next week they'll actually have uh your weekly periodicals and uh and it's great for the consumer you know they're not they're not drowning the market in in product and uh, another company is yeah, um, let uh, let's save some of that uh, yeah, because sure. we're going to st- we're starting with distribution and then we'll get into the publishers. Um, so DC. Well, I just well, the reason I brought the Wizards thing up again was to say that all these companies had had actually been doing things for stores and not just giving lip service to we're doing this to help the stores yeah. in need. DC uh, went out of their way to make everything we do more difficult and then they said they were doing it to help us which you know uh, not true at right. all right exactly and with that that separation or or i guess that announcement that the new distributors would be there um we kind of developed our new plan our new normal or whatever to continue what we were doing uh and then all of a sudden we get that great email that said uh DC will no longer be distributing through Diamond. Well, I actually got it because a friend with a store called me, and um, we're gonna was we always want to keep this PG. But I I answered and I said, "Hey, what's going on?" And he goes, "Well, DC finally did it. They, uh, you know what word that starts with F? Us." And uh, I said, "What are you talking about this time?" He's like, "Just go read your DC email," and uh, and that rest of the day. Everything that we did was pretty much completely, or that we had planned to do, was completely derailed by that announcement. And we're part of a lot of retailer boards where 
you're just you have the only way that you get access to it is you have to be a confirmed retailer, and I have never seen more. I've never seen more animosity towards a company. I I saw people posting that they were crying. I saw people saying that they were tearing uh, down their DC section. Well, and you <laughs> know what? Now there's so there's going to be for, for people outside of that kind of um, general realm of information. There's going to be a lot of people that that are going to come back and they're going to say, well, you guys complain about Diamond. Everyone complains about Diamond. Isn't this good to break the monopoly? Well, it's not breaking the monopoly monopoly. because this product is not available at both distributors. All you're doing is you're taking the product away from Diamond. You're making us do twice the work. Uh, If it, It would be breaking the monopoly if they had allowed Diamond to still carry the product. Then we could make a decision and go with who works better for us. But it was obvious that people weren't going to break from Diamond because why would you break from the distributor that has all of your product to go to a competitor who has one publisher? Yeah. So they had to force the issue and what they did was as we found out from Jeppy on one of his interviews, they broke exclusivity before the the date that they could. They it was supposed to be a 60-day notice and they did it in like 37 days. So, um they had just had enough and yeah, the day that that news broke Jeppy the the owner of President CEO I uh, just just appointed himself president again of Diamond. Right. Fired the guy who was. Yeah, um, but it, I mean, so yeah, that day that the news broke, um, that was that was quite a day. It was like I, I mean, would you agree that the I derailed, seen... derailed was oh. the biggest? Oh yeah, I mean the, the the entire industry took a day to like, I don't know what, but it was very interesting because one of the things that's really common on the retailer boards is you'll have split opinion right there's it's usually close to 50 50 um, with the vocal people and then the silent majority you don't know where they all sit but they're there kind of you know eating the popcorn watching the show um this was i mean anyone and everyone had a voice and an opinion and i don't think i've ever seen retailers so overwhelmingly united in one belief except Mm -hmm. for i think three people um well, I even, <laughs> I even like, well, yeah, I even like that there were, there had been a couple of guys through this entire thing that were going back to when DC made their first announcement that they were, that they were going to use these other two distributors. There were a few people that had been big DC cheerleaders. No matter what happened, they said, you know what? This is for the best. DC's not going to screw us. You guys are just, you know, you're, you yeah, hate I think, change. I think one of the comments was they wouldn't, they wouldn't intentionally or unintentionally hurt the market yeah uh just like you guys just hate change you know all you do is you whine about diamond and now you've got alternatives and all you can do is just whine about it and you guys whatever so there were a couple people that were big dc cheerleaders so that day i remember more than anything else uh this guy just the only post that he did was you know that that uh gif of homer simpson where he's just kind of like receding into into the the trees yeah that was him we he had nothing else to say. Just like, well, this whole time I've been defending these guys. I can't, I can't say anything. I, you know, uh, it was, it was a very interesting day, and I t- personally, I talked to, uh, I talked to five people that have stores, and every single person was kind of had no idea what was going on. Especially one guy who had no idea what was going on because yeah. he actually is, hadn't heard about he it. He doesn't check his email. He doesn't check his email on weekends, which he includes Friday. 
as Friday a after 10 a.m. is a Friday weekend. Friday is a weekend. So he's like, what are you talking about? He's, he's, yeah, and Mondays are still usually considered part of the weekend. Well, anyway. So the, it was... Uh, everyone was, like you said, they were united in this being a bad idea. Now let's... Can we talk about uh, Warner Brothers and how how we see this whole picture fitting together and why they did what they did. The theory that we've come up with, that we've hatched in-house here? Well, there's... First off, there's a lot of little clues. Why don't we, instead of just laying it out, let's let's throw out some, some groundwork, build a foundation. One of the big things that, that we are unsure of and everyone right now is unsure of, you had mentioned before that one of the things DC did was zero all our orders out. So before the lockdown for us was over... But before we were able to get our, our Diamond product again, we got an email saying all of our orders with Diamond have been canceled. They've been zeroed out, and we need to go in and readjust our orders on final order cutoff. We then get, uh, an, we then get an email from Diamond. Well, not just an email, but also a Diamond representative who's on a retailer board saying, we have not zeroed your orders out. DC said, oh, your orders are zeroed out. Diamond came back, said, no, your orders aren't zeroed out. It was this weird back and forth where nobody knew what was going on. And it at one point, you know, you had Diamond blaming DC and DC blaming Diamond for everything. And there was just nothing that, uh, nothing meshed. It was very, uh, it was a very confusing period of time. Anyway, long story short, we find out that we do have to go in and we have to readjust all of our orders that we had placed. And um, Diamond was nice enough to make this uh, this button you could press that would just restore your orders to what they were because they said the DC made them zero everything out. But the question was that was just for for periodicals that was just for books so now we start wondering what about statues that we put orders in for last year that are limited to 5,000 limited to 10,000 whatever what about t-shirts what about action figures what about anything that's a that's got more than a oh we had hardcovers and trades that sure omnibus so how does that work if at the end of the month there will be no new orders that you can place with diamond and no new product will be shipping from them. But we have, but we put orders for stuff in back in September for some statues. Where are these shipping from? What are we going to do? How are we going to get these? Nobody could answer those questions, right? Right. After enough retailers figured out that this is a disaster in the making, um, finally, somebody from D.C. Uh, made the comment that was that we thought was uh, pretty uh, should have been big news but it was just kind of dropped as an answer uh, to somebody's question about it was that the reason that DC hadn't been able to answer those questions was that that entire division, the DC Direct division isn't part of DC anymore it has been moved to Warner Brothers consumer products so the only thing that, that's left under DC is their publishing department right the entire DC, they, the reason that we don't get any answers from anybody on the DC board, we don't get any answers on this DC Direct product from anyone at DC, is because the people at DC aren't even handling the product. It's Warner Brothers. 
So we're in limbo on a lot of this stuff right now. Well, and it's stuff that it's it continues or or was a a part of a pattern of decision making at DC or slash Warner Brothers that just showed they weren't thinking about what they were doing. There was there was the zeroing out, which whatever, and then they zeroed it out again. They actually did it twice. They did, and, and then, that caused a lot of problems for stores. Yeah, that for. If you weren't following this stuff every single day, every day, every hour, man, yeah, we I were, know. they were. How late were we up at night, like figuring this stuff out? It, sometimes, yeah. If you weren't following this stuff, but we'll just say every single day. In addition to this, you've got stores in cities that are dealing with protests. We personally had UPS some friends truck being store, set on fire. Yeah, with a store that got completely broken into and looted, and they are not. And now they are done. They're yep. they're closing uh, because of that. And because of some other things, I don't want to blame it all on that. But I'm just saying, like this, do you think that's the 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 time to tell a store that literally couldn't be open if they want to because of the pandemic? They've been looted, and you have to go in. Remember those orders you put in uh, a month and a half ago? You have to go in. Uh, we just zeroed your entire order out. Can you take a break from your life uh, in in a complete and utter state of? Uh, disarray to go in and redo your orders for us please yeah it, it was bad form but then what ends up happening is dc completely forgot about everyone outside of the 48 contiguous united states they forgot that they had an entire international market that they had to feed books to a lot of people were getting books from diamond u.s that were in places like australia um asia even europe not everyone in Europe goes through Diamond UK. It's mostly just the UK that goes mm-hmm. through Diamond UK. So you have people in Norway, Sweden, Finland, France, Germany, Spain, Portugal. We're all on the board saying, where am I getting my product from? The new distributors don't ship international. And, Di- well, and, and, and so the, then DC the has to redo did, their entire agreement with Diamond. They to, do ship to, international, but the problem was... Luther said they would not to okay. start. But the problem was... They don't have anything set up to ship freight. They don't have anything set yeah. up to handle customs, yep. which means everything had to be sent via courier. Yep. Which is considerably, which is the essentially what you would pay if I were to ship something to Germany right now. Exactly. So it's not cheap. Right. You're handling customs. There's a lot of and, stuff that goes into it. And, that, and by not cheap, we're talking like multiple hundreds of dollars oh, in shipping yeah. costs. If you're, if you're ordering per per, I, per week. Yeah. If you're ordering boxes like we're ordering, and then you're sending that to Germany. And you're handling it through a courier, and you're not getting some kind of some kind of freight discount, and you're having to do customs yourself. It's not, and a lot of the people that are doing it aren't. You know, those stores are operating in slim margins. Oh yeah, they're break even in many cases, and so now you you add on six hundred dollars worth yeah. of shipping charges a week. That's an extra twenty five hundred dollars a month almost. So that that right there, DC didn't. They were so quick to move on this that they didn't think through how this was going to affect the rest of the world. Yeah. Right. But, you know, another thing... We're going we're, we're gonna to build to this. Another thing that uh, that they did was they said that now their books coming at, are going to come out on Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesdays have always been the day that new... new well, not always... But for a while, Tuesdays are the, the, the day that new product comes out. That's why there's that store Tuesday mornings, right? You mean whatever it's called, like new new um, digital products, new 
Well, not always. Yeah. Not always, but because like... comics are Wednesday. Well, comics are only Wednesday because of... Because... We've decided Wednesday is New right. Comic Day. <laughs> but in general, you know, movies, uh, like, not in the theater, but like, DVDs would come out. Physical media would come out on a Tuesday. Right. CDs would come out on a Tuesday. Uh, things like that. So they wanted new books to come out on a Tuesday. They would want to yeah, sync up paperbacks and stuff. Yeah. They wanted to sync up their and this they admitted this. This isn't like a, a right, theory. Right. They wanted to have their release dates synced up. They wanted all their media being released on the same day across all markets. Warner Tuesdays, whatever it was, because Warner Wednesday doesn't have a good ring. That would be even better. <laughs> uh, but the problem with that is, like you said, new comics come out on Wednesdays, so. If we're processing DC books and pulling them for people, which is another thing we'll get into, putting those on the shelf, people can come in and buy their books on their DC books on Tuesdays. Uh, then we have to process the Diamond Order for all the rest of the, the publishers and get those out. It's like, what are we supposed to do? Because we're closed on Mondays. We're we come in and we do work, but the the whole reason that we are closed on Mondays is so we can get a little bit ahead. Right. If we have to process a DC order on a Monday. So that we can have our normal Tuesday order to process a diamond order. We're getting behind on something. And we don't want to sell new books on Tuesday. We don't want to set that precedent. Right. We well, want to sell books on Wednesday. It, right. And and part partly, it's not so much us as it is customers. We don't want to confuse the customer. We don't want them to... There's customers that are like, I don't want to come in on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday, but I don't want to miss a book that comes out on a Tuesday. Well, there's so we level missing out field. is a huge thing right now. So we just level the playing field. It, most Wednesday. most people did. I think most stores have done that, and they yep. said we're not going to sell. And oddly enough, uh, I don't know if you saw Marvel uh, is kind of kind of waving their big stick around right now because they have these coming their nose a bit. They have these Wednesday variants that are coming out. Yeah. Just, it's a blank variant that says on sale Wednesdays. Yep. It's an ugly line of covers, but it's kind of funny. I mean, it's, it's like a spite variant yep. almost. Uh, but anyway, we're not so we're not going to do that. We're not going to release or we're not going to put DC books out on a Tuesday. The other thing, and this is the the single biggest problem that DC has caused for us, we use a point of sale system called Comic Sweep, which is Diamond's proprietary software. And it's built on Microsoft. RMS, or built around it, I should say. And what Comic Suite does, because we got all of our comics from Diamond up until a month ago, we put all of our orders in through Diamond. And when we import a an invoice every week, it pulls our inventory numbers, it pulls all the product uh, SKUs, the product UPCs, our cost, the invoice pricing. Uh, what we charge for a book, and most importantly, it pulls pull lists for customers. It pulls the books that they're supposed to get. It all comes in on one invoice through one point of sale system. Everything is tied up with a nice bow on it. And, uh, and we can subscribe our customers through that. We can place special orders through Comic Suite because it's all tied together. It's all tied through Diamond. We right. can't do that anymore. Uh, yesterday was the first... Well, uh, no. What is today? Friday? Oh my god, this week's going fast. This week, let's just say Tuesday, was the first day that we processed our first UCS delivery without the aid of being able to print pull a pull list through Comic Suite. Because the, when we imported our 
Diamond invoice. There's no DC on it. We're not getting right. it from Diamond anymore. Uh, so we are back to literally doing DC pull lists the way that they were done in the 80s and 90s. Either a spreadsheet or a notebook and, you know, a pencil and check stuff off as it comes in. I mean, we're doing manual pulls by title for people as opposed to just printing off a list of uh, here's 72 customers this week that have books coming in and each person's getting these books. You just run through and pull them. We run through and we pull the one that comes initially from Diamond and then we got to go do our DC pulls. where you take and the, Well, each... and that's for in-store. Mail order is different. Yeah, okay, so it is. Um, it doesn't necessarily make it it doesn't make it that much harder, but it certainly doesn't make it easier for mail oh, yeah. order. Oh yeah. But for but for in store, then you have to go through and you pull each book, and now you have to do a manual pull by yeah. looking at everyone who's subscribed to that particular title. And again, we can do that right now because we can still go into Diamond or into Comic Suite and see who's subscribed to those titles. But as new DC titles start to be released that that cannot be subscribed to through Comic Suite, we're not going to be able to use that. Yep. Uh, so we're going to have to find a, an entirely new solution for DC subscribers because we're not ditching Comic Suite. None of the other options that are out there are are do what we want them to do like Comic Suite does. There right. are some that do little parts and pieces better than Comic Suite, but as a whole, there's Comic no comprehensive package that can compete. Right. So we're not going to switch. So what DC's doing is they're just adding on, on on any given Tuesday, they're adding on about three to four more hours of processing time. Well, because you gotta, we also then you have to factor in the, the the time that it takes me to prep the data file to upload it into our point of sale, so that when you scan a book, right. it shows up that you can actually buy it. And we want to put that in there. We have to make sure that the data is correct. The, yep. We want the books being put in there. We want to know what our costs on the book is. Is the is the invoice price what what comes up when you scan it? We found out uh, this week when we first tried to upload that file that it was ringing everything up at cost, which isn't always a problem. But you know, if Sam's on an off day or something, and all of a sudden he's ringing up a bunch of Batman's at two bucks, maybe he doesn't catch it. You know, yep. so there's there are going to be a lot of hiccups. It's making us less efficient. But you know we're we're doing the same amount of work. It's just taking us another four hours worth of processing time to do it, and that's not even taking into account our orders, which is a whole different thing now. Orders, initial and final. I mean, yes. That, well, and that is you. That's your time lost because again, I have a different process. Yeah, it's a huge pain in the butt. We can't doing any of that through diamond it was again it was everything was was in there you could look at your your product order history you yeah, could click one order button history, you could see how many subscribers who subscribed to it you could you, d- decide whether you wanted a cover or b cover you could subscribe people to all the different variant covers. no we no longer have that option for so dc for dc so again everything dc essentially is back to uh the AOL age of us trying to uh, do we do it with excel do we do it with the uh, with a piece of paper, how how are we going to handle right. DC? They have what they're doing. This just goes back to none of what they've done has helped any of the direct market. It has not helped stores. Right. It has not helped anyone. My, so and, and well, I guess ahead. the one thing I would throw in there is, you know, if if you're a, a customer 
listening to this and you go into a store and you get your DC product and you notice minimal uh, road bumps or hiccups or anything like that, thank your retailer. Because ultimately, we're doing everything in our power to make this process as minimally impacting to you. The byproduct of that is an inordinate amount of lost time and productivity for us. Well, yeah, and maybe it's important to note that we're sitting in here talking about this because this is the kind of thing that, that you know, the, the people that we talk to that ask us questions on here want to hear about. Exactly. But in store, for your average customer, we don't, we don't even talk about any of this because why would we want our customers to think that there's a... That one of these publishers is causing this kind of, you know, it's if you walk into the store and you walk out and everything seems like it, it it's hunky dory like it was six months ago, then us or whoever your store is is doing their job right. Right. You shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be complaining to customers about what DC is doing because it, it it accomplishes nothing. Right. Would I would it make things easier right now for us if with no loss. If every single person who got a DC book just decided that they were going to go over to Marvel and simply just read a Marvel book, and we never had to order DC again, ever again, would it make it easier for us? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would make it, objectively, would make things a lot easier. I don't want that. Right. I don't want it. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's certain things that we can and, and will do um, in a business sense to protect ourselves so if there's a title on a dc book and the, there's a question of do we reach and add more or do we just get what we've got and just go with it we may be more prone to take that money that we would otherwise reach with and put it somewhere else in some mm-hmm. cases if it's a you know if it's one of those pick one or the others um we also because of the uncertainty of distribution delivery all of those factors um, we may stock our shelves slightly different. We'll keep evergreen titles out. We will keep um, books that have a buzz, like trades and hardcovers, collected editions that end up with a buzz. But some of those fringe titles that maybe we would get a, a copy or two to put on the shelf just to see if there's interest, we might say, you know what, let's just not add more to what we're trying to figure out right now. So in the short term, there may be some smaller, minor changes that people mm-hmm. will see in the store. Hopefully that will level off over time, but that doesn't. That is something that's more of a um, a protective measure for the store, and it's something that I think most reasonable, sensible people can respect. The damage that that does, though, is it can build habits, and it can also build um, in some other store owners, you know, retailer mindsets can build a, a habit of I just don't need to order the extra DC product, and that harms DC. Well, all of this is going to harm DC, but I, oh yeah, but I think what it really does is it harms it harms creators because what you're alluding to is something that a lot of people always kind of feared would happen. That in both companies, really, why would anyone take a risk on ordering Metal Men, Far Sector, Amethyst, whatever? When it it is just that it's a risk, and instead of doing that, you could order twenty more copies of Batman. And eventually, you're going to sell the Batman. You know, to somebody, maybe you're going to sit on the product for two years, but eventually you're going to sell it. If Is it going to get to the point where there's no risks being taken on anything but the main titles now by, by a lot of stores, where DC's output basically comes down to Batman, Justice League, 
Superman and I don't know, maybe a couple Hill House books. Wonder Woman. Yeah, whatever. There's gonna be I there's gonna be a hit to a lot of titles. And and we we had the big conversation when we know so many people who are saying so many retailers who are saying screw DC, we're not gonna carry it. I'm only going to go subs only on uh, on DC. I'm not going to rack their books. Right. And that is a sentiment in many ways that's where, where we kind of said, man, if you can get along that way, then, then more power to you. If, if, you know, if you're this offended by it, if it, if what they're doing and we still haven't we still haven't given our complete thesis yet, but no. I but we have to. <laughs> but if what you're doing is, or what they're doing to you, you you think is going to be that harmful, and then yeah, I guess that's we can't fault you for it. And I almost there there have been some days during this whole thing when they would make these announcements where, you know, we would blow off steam, and be like, ah, DC's done, you know, whatever. But then we thought, well, what about ultimately it's a business. Um, do we order more DC? Because we know that a lot of the places around us are going to order less DC. Do we order more DC? Well, so this, if this week is any indication, um, we had a couple of people come in saying there were certain variants that they couldn't get at other stores. That we had uh, very deep amounts of on the shelf. Uh, and last week, which we last week we still got our DC books from Diamond, um, but I know that last week a lot of stores uh, may have ordered down, or a couple of stores just, didn't catch the second zeroing out of their items, and so well, they that, just didn't get them. That had happened in some instances. Um, anyway, last week our DC sales were, I mean, through the roof, and. It's kind of crazy to look at how well they've sold the last two weeks, and and you have to wonder: are is are these DC books selling really well for us right now? Because people want the, there's big books. Batman selling very well, Metal selling very well, Deceased selling very well. Are people coming in here going crazy because they want these books, or are they buying them from us because they can't get them at other stores? Right. The places they normally get them from are sold out, didn't order heavy on them. We don't know yet, and we're not going to know for a couple of weeks. Now, we've been asking people, when we get new faces in that are picking up the new books, we'll ask, where do you normally go? Uh, and a lot of times people say, well, I normally go to, we won't name names, but I go to you know a place in Milwaukee or a place in Madison, and they uh, didn't get any of these, or they were sold out right away. You know, Or like we had for Batman, um, which one came out? This week, 94? 94. So for Batman 94, we were like eight deep on the 1 in 25s. And um, we charged, I don't remember what we charged on them. But the one place that actually had them uh, closest to us is still like 45 minutes away. And they were charging $50 for them. And they were already sold out of them because they only had gotten two, I think. Uh, But we had a ton of them. So this one guy called, wanted to know if we had any on the shelf. I said, yeah, we got a couple. So he brought his friends out. And then they bought a bunch of random stuff when they were in here that they said the store that's bigger than us didn't have. So I, you know, we're at that point right now where we're wondering, do we actually increase our DC shelf orders on those big titles? Not the small ones like 
like Far Sector and stuff that wasn't really selling before anyway. But do we increase those to make up for people making decisions to decrease their DC orders? We we right. don't know. There's it's a crossroads right. for us. Are we the the ones that are on the other side of the market to help offset? Yeah, and and yeah, yeah it's. It's tough. Well, and the other thing you've got to got to understand too is, and not you, but the listeners, I mm-hmm. guess that you have to understand is, um, in, in our state we have a statewide mandate that was struck down by our state supreme court, but that's not prohibiting regional decisions. Counties are making decisions. Yeah. Cities are making decisions. So and Shorewood did it last night. Dane, Dane County, County did it. Milwaukee yep. County will do it. Um, I think Racine or Kenosha County is doing something. But I wouldn't be surprised if Brown does it. Yeah, and, and what that amounts to is there may be localized limitations on businesses. And if that's the case, those businesses are not going to potentially want to order additional product than what they know they're going to sell, their subscriber you know numbers. Mm-hmm. So we are not only taking a look... Uh, you know, nationally, we're literally doing that because we have a mail order business and making sure that we can support that. But on a very micro level, locally, we're trying to read the tea leaves and look ahead and position ourselves to take on uh, take a role of how can we best serve that customer base, whether it's ours or additional, and make sure that a they get the product they want, and then b if they're getting it from us, that does potentially turn them into our customers. So it's been. We're, it, it's basically one big, long scientific equation that keeps ad, having new variables added in. And uh, mm-hmm. as one variable becomes defined, another one all of a sudden pops up or a defined number changes to something else. So Yeah, it's... It's it, crazy. It really is. We And we go back and forth. I, I guess here's the, the best way to put it. We go back and forth on all this stuff. And, and we we have heated, not, not heated as far as... You have one point, and yeah, I, one and versus I, the other. Just, just like, like about DC and the decisions yeah. that they're making well, and stuff, and and yeah. one day we might be really mad and say we're not going to do this, but every time we actually, when the rubber meets the road and we have to make the decision that's best for the business, exactly, we have been, uh, we have not been knee jerk. We'll right. say some knee jerk stuff about right. it, what well, we want to do, and and what and we personal wish we could opinions, do. personal feelings. Those those are that's ours, and that's ours to have, just yeah. like it's. Anyone else's, but again, like you said, when you're making a decision, it has to be a business decision, not a personal decision, because mm-hmm. ultimately we're running a business. What would I do? I'd zero these out. Yeah. What are we going to order? Nothing. We should. Uh, we're going to order 150 copies. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I, and again, Death Metal was a great example of a book that we we ordered. I, I think between the store and mail order, we had darn near 500 copies of that book right. on order. And now we had a couple individual people that put in some big orders for some, you know, multiple copies of some issues. Uh, and one person in store ordered 100 copies uh, of of one of the covers. And um, another person ordered 25. And we had uh, Tom who ordered a bunch of them. And uh, so, like, that, that alone, just our special orders, probably covered half of those. And then, you know, mail order and everything. But that's probably the best-selling DC book that we had uh, this year. And if, if it wasn't for Death Metal, it would have been Batman 92, mm-hmm. which also did gangbusters, but we ordered a lot more Death Metal. The next one so, coming up is going to be Three Jokers, and that will be interesting to see. Three Jokers is going to be crazy. But with Death Metal, we, saw, I, you know, we sold so darn much of that that if, if, we, had, if we had let... Uh, 
if we let our personal emotions and opinions yeah, take we hold. Yeah, we would have... Now, 1 in 100s. We sold all the 1 in 100s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if the ma- if mail order... We had one. Had an, okay. But then... So then That's all the rest of them... four or five off the shelf. Yeah, we sold off the shelf day one. I mean, they sold quick. Uh, and then we had the 1 in 25s, and I think we still have maybe two of them left. So we, we did very well on Death Metal 1. And ultimately... All this complaining and all this talking, like I said, we we will always do what's best for the store and what's best for the customer. Exactly. Uh, but what is our what is our thesis on DC and why are they doing what they're doing? And um, well, there's a couple couple different ways to look at it. One, we talked about Warner movies and we talked about Warner music and things like that. Well, there's not another industry that exists that I know of. And I'm going to play devil's advocate on this because I can totally see where an outsider coming in and looking at this industry would think this is the most backwards thing in the world. <laughs> Here's our pro- we we go to a retailer summit or you go to a whatever it is a, uh, the the retailer panel for San Diego or something like that, and all of a sudden it's DC's turn and, and this is uh, this is our plan for the next six months. They go up there, they have a slideshow, they have their PowerPoint. Um, you know, they've got some pages that are going to be in two months uh, from now's previews. And uh, we're going to take questions now. You know, any, anyone have any questions? And some guy stands up and says, that Tim Drake in there is not the Tim Drake I grew up with. You guys are destroying my childhood. I refuse to stock your book in my store if you're going to portray Tim Drake like that. You're going to change Dick Grayson's name to Rick. I'm not going to carry that in here. Or if you're going to take... Uh, this character and you're gonna give him a beard and an eye patch and you're gonna cut his hand off i'm not that's not my aquaman i am not gonna carry that there's no other industry and sometimes they, they actually go in and they're like oh my god this dude just said he's not gonna carry the book because of this we maybe we should take a different editorial approach to it there's no other industry where that happens where some guy can stand up and say when i was a kid robin wasn't like this so i'm not gonna carry this book in the store and It'll actually have an effect on the product that's produced. Some people might might say that that's a that that is it's a cool thing to have that kind of influence, and it is. But again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. If I'm somebody who's looking at that at, from from a corporate level, I'm I'm saying, who are these idiots and why are and by idiots I mean you and me and yeah. why are and why are we listening to anything they have to say when we don't do. Yeah, movies have focus groups and things like that, I, I guess. But that's kind of a, a different... That's a totally different thing. The focus groups, when they have a movie, aren't like the regional heads of, of theaters. They don't get the couple guys from Marcus that come... What do you guys <laughs> think about uh, the end of this movie? You think this is going to really do well? Do you guys want to carry this this uh, in your movie house? Uh, so th- I can see why they would look at this business and think that it's anachronistic in a way and and it's arcane and the way that it's it it is but i think that the reason that it gets like that is because we have the pre-order cycle and if they were just providing product to us that was returnable you know things like that i i don't think you would have joe blow standing up and complaining about a characterization of something i think you would just the risk is not on the retailer as much at that point but when the risk is all in the retailer of course the retailers are going to be very offended and very quick and opinionated because we're the ones that take it on, right? Yeah. We're the ones that have to place the order and say, I can sell through this. I don't have a safety net. Well, we were. 
and we, and we still are now, but uh, let's keep going with this analogy uh, of, or not analogy, but playing devil's advocate here. If in the Warner music uh, industry, if someone at if someone at the local uh, and you're gonna think I'm nuts, but some guy at the local Sam Goody. <laughs> <laughs> or Suncoast doesn't like the new the, the new single off a of Taylor Swift CD and he calls up whatever label that's on and says I am not carrying this until you change that beat on that Taylor Swift single do you think that they would listen to anything he has to say no now ask me the obvious question that you want to ask where the hell is there still a Sam Goody that even exists, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that is the big question. To, to Warner right now, we're all a bunch of Sam Goodies. We're a bunch of Empire Records and Suncoast. Why do they cater to us? We're, we are outdated. You know, we... Uh, that is... What they do is essentially like changing that Taylor Swift song because the Sam Goody guy... Doesn't like it. You get three, four. Sam said. <laughs> well, yeah, but you get you get three. And I know that, that uh, Taylor Swift is going to be marketed to a much larger audience than the newest issue of Amethyst, uh, Amethyst, or even even Batman. But long term, and this is the important thing, and this is where I think they just are completely missing missing the target. Look at Marvel, which. Did, can you think of a company that, yeah, whatever you think of what they did with Star Wars, I haven't even seen the new ones. Uh, you, they've they, their track record isn't perfect, but when you look at companies with a pretty good track record, it's hard to beat Disney, right? Oh yeah. Disney does not control Marvel with a, a with a tight leash. Marvel's allowed to take risks. Marvel's allowed to put out characters that, like Squirrel Girl. Where people people look at the sales numbers and probably you know if it was a DC book it would have been canceled, but Marvel's smart and they know that this is a character they can take the once the the product is created now we can take that we can make it a digest size book and we can sell it at Scholastic book fairs. Yep. We can get kids growing up reading Squirrel Girl. Now we can make a Squirrel Girl Saturday morning cartoon show. Then Squirrel Girl or or Disney Plus show. Yeah, or whatever it is, it's a recognizable character. You've grown that brand. It's an intellectual property. Warner doesn't seem to understand that the biggest movie of all time now was, remember the, uh, I think, so it was Titanic, and then it took the guy who made Titanic to beat Titanic with Avatar, and then Infinity War beat it, only because they had brought it back into the theater again, it was so close, but it still beat it. So they look at it, the biggest movie of all time, made over a billion dollars is based on some comic books and really if you think about it it's based on a crazy story that focused on a until the marvel movies an obscure villain that only comic right. people had rec- would recognize uh look at guardians of the galaxy i mean talk about a bunch of d-listers that that nobody could recognize now every kid knows who rocket raccoon is they understand you can have your publishing division like that exist as and when we say loss leader that might not even be the right 
term to use because they're profitable. Yeah. They just are they making the, the level of profit that maybe a company like that is used to seeing? No. But you make one billion dollar movie, or you you take you make two movies like Guardians of the Galaxy that are huge hits that aren't based on that aren't based on characters that everyone already recognizes, but now everyone recognizes them. That's huge. You and now you've developed that brand so much that kids take. I mean, Star Lord. If you would have told somebody ten years ago that Star Lord would be some like a bunch of kids' favorite character, it'd be like Star Lord that. Is he the guy that showed up in was it Marvel Preview for a couple issues and you know he didn't do anything he was just, they they built him into a brand all of them are brands Drax right. is a brand everybody recognizes them um, they're intellectual properties Warner doesn't seem to understand that that the the direct market exists right now for the companies doing it right to funnel that that recognition into bigger things. So I think that Warner, this is what you and I kind of kind of agree on. Warner wants to get rid of the direct market completely. Right. They don't see us as they see us as being Sam Goodies. They wonder why we're still around. You don't have to go to a Suncoast to buy a new movie. You can watch it digitally. You can download it. You can stream it off Netflix. You can stream it from Amazon. You can get... I mean, everybody's got their own uh, streaming service now, you know, practically. Uh, you don't have to go to a Sam Goody to get the, the new Taylor Swift. You just... There's... This business model is, to them, extremely outdated. I think Disney still sees why it works, or at least Disney doesn't see that it's harmful in any way. Yeah, and I think that that's a, it's, a, it's a really key point to make here that... Warner Brothers has put a woman in charge of experiences and products who has never had an affiliation or an understanding of the comic market. And it shows in the decisions that are being made. Whereas, to your point, Disney has let Marvel Publishing run Marvel Publishing. Well, there, there's obviously people that have to be answered to, mm-hmm. and there there's questions that will be asked around profitability and whatnot. But... At the end of the day, one is being run by the publishing arm and the other is being run by a corporate entity. And so when you take that approach and you don't understand fully the industry that you're in, let's be honest, comics are very different than other things that roll up to Pam Lifford's title. Experiences, theme parks, comics are very different than theme parks. Comics are very different than an HBO Max digital-only release. Comics are very different than, to your point, music being released on iTunes. She's had no exposure to those. She has not had an experience with them. So she doesn't understand them. And like you said, all she views it as is we're a bunch of Sam Goodies just out here, you know, shouting in the breeze and no one's listening. Mm -hmm. Whereas you have other publishers. And I guess the question I would pose to her is, if we truly are a bunch of Sam Goodies out here yelling in, into the wilderness and no one's there, how come new publishers are showing up monthly? You know, how come how come people are utilizing comics who were current or who were previously in other mediums but are using comics as a vehicle to get ideas hatched and optioned? Well, right? now and, there's and that's my questions I would have, and they're good questions. I think the answers are actually obvious for it. Um, 
first of all, to, to broach that, what's the big thing that that happened with with Warner? They got bought by AT and T, right? It was was it like a hundred and eight billion dollars or something? I don't know. It it, it, it rang was to the uh, uh, was it Kmart that was in bankruptcy buying Sears kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was they so they buy that and then. Shortly, well, not shortly thereafter, but then you have the lockdown that hits too. I mean, so they were, they were already in tremendous debt, and then the lockdown happens. There's no movies coming out. There's no music coming out. There's no tours. There's nothing. I mean, there's just there's no new real product being created to generate revenue, right? For these, for these companies, AT and T just announced was like twenty five hundred. Um, AT&T phone stores that they're closing across the country, I think. They are cutting anything right now that they can possibly cut because the they are they're not in a great spot. No. Uh, in fact, my friend's girlfriend uh, works for AT&T. She's worked there for a couple of years. I, actually, I think she's worked there for, for a long time. And she even relocated from out of state uh, to work there, or to work in a different department for AT&T. Um, they're in Illinois. And uh, she is very worried about, and she's should have what is a very secure job. But she says everyone in her department's very worried about what's going to happen with their job. So I think there's, there's definitely a, a top-down uh, attempt right now to squeeze every little drop yep. out of the lemon that they can get. But I also think that you're absolutely right. The person in charge of Warner, who's now being as hands-on with DC as they can, uh, who's somebody by the name of Pam Lifford, who is the first person that's really grabbed onto DC that came from outside of the comics market. And you'll find that everybody says the job that Paul Levitz did so well was keeping Warner Brothers the hell away from... DC Comics, letting them do their thing, uh, and it. And I almost wonder now. We this is a whole different conversation, and we've had this a couple of times. But in this whole grand scheme of of how things worked out, what was Didio's place in it? You know, uh, was he was he keeping this at bay? You know, he's a guy who loved comics. Out goes Didio, and then all this stuff. Ha- started to happen uh was this something where you know we hear a lot about walmart and dc kind of getting into bed together on an even deeper uh agreement and uh there's a big rumor that that might be another part of what led to dc uh severing their exclusivity with diamond um is that something that was spearheaded by the deal maybe you know was was he fighting for more um autonomy from warner was he spearheading some of these things that we are not super thrilled about? Um, who knows at this point? I mean, I don't. I, th- I think this would make for a hell of a book in ten years. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I, I just it is the first person now who's really who did not come at running this company from a background of understanding what comics are, and if you simply view them as media. When your average person, you get a lot of people that read and digest comics and they like the story and they simply read it to follow the characters. But I think at the end of the day, comics are still 
a collectible. And people view comics as a collectible. That's why we sell as many bags and boards as we sell comics. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, anyone who bags and boards their, their comic, they're not just a reader at that point. You know, they might not view themselves as a collector, but they're preserving an item. Right. Right? I mean, you're making it a, in, in some way, kind of a de facto collectible. Right. So I, I think it's just a, it's an industry that's built on being something that it, the, the leadership of it now doesn't see it as. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of veered a little bit here and there, but there, we've got some specific questions. And oh, I yeah. think that there's a couple of them um, that I'm maybe a little bit better suited to answer and a couple of you are better suited to answer. So um, we're just going to kick it off here. These are some of the distribution questions we've gotten. So we kind of laid some groundwork of what happened. DC left Diamond, created Lunar and UCS. Mm-hmm. Um one of the questions was, who did we choose for DC distribution and why? So I'll take the first swing, and then you can clean up after. Um, we chose to go with UCS, which is the uh, distribution set up by Midtown. The reason we did that was predominantly because Midtown has a larger physical footprint. Uh, they have multiple locations, and we felt a little bit more sure that they, of the two... Um, would be most likely to handle the uptick in work. And part of that is because of the access to technology folks, so software engineers, things like that, to spin up their website. Access to just bodies in general to do work. Um, they are in two, a couple locations in Man- Manhattan. Um, they have a large warehouse in New Jersey right on the side of the water. So um, just their access to bodies to do work is immensely larger. And then um, I think most importantly in in my mind is that they have for years been the ones handling Marvel direct subscriptions. Mm -hmm. So they have um, have a process, right? They have a warehousing process where they receive and they send out. Obviously DCBS has that as well with Lunar, but uh, for me, my confidence level was higher with UCS. Um, That being said, though, we did create an account with both. Because we weren't too sure if we needed to pivot, we didn't want to be stuck behind the eight ball. So we have active accounts with both. Um, however, at this point, we are utilizing UCS. And I haven't even logged into Lunar since we set it up. Yeah, and, and I'll be straight honest with everyone: um, it really shouldn't matter from a customer perspective who we're using. Mm-hmm. So if you're a customer and you have a personal preference one way or the other, that's fine. Um, but I just ask you to kind of check that at the door and just say, "Hey, my DC product is here," because you know what, we, we may have to switch to Lunar for some reason. We don't know. Um, so don't get married to one thing or the other. Just just focus on the product. If the product well, that and, you want is there, it's there. And you're only saying that if we had been going with Lunar, you would have said we might have to switch to UCS. Exactly, think, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, I agree with all of those things. Uh, the only other thing that I would add is talking to another retailer who said the exact same thing that we did. Um, it's also easier for us to go with UCS because Midtown is a brick and mortar store that, so it, it just, it feels like it's easier to support someone who's running, cause they have three locations. Yeah. It, who's, who's running brick and mortar because they're going to understand more of the, um, ins and outs and, and kind of, uh, tribulations that. Right. you may experience than uh, someone who's not running those major brick-and-mortar locations. So it's it's almost, in a funny way, it's like easier for us to, to support 
brick and mortar. Yeah. You know, and that so that was part of it too. Not not the main reason, but that was part of it. Uh, one of the other questions was, what are the key differences between Lunar UCS and Diamond? So I think, um, you know, I'll summarize some of what we've said already and then dig in. And this is probably a little bit more suited for me just being the tech side of things. But uh, so Diamond obviously has all publishers other than DC, whereas UCS and Lunar have DC and no other publishers. Um, Diamond has a point of sale system that is integrated tightly with uh, their ordering back end, they're receiving, invoicing, all of those pieces, um, it, it happens automatically. Uh, so we have a much lower barrier of entry to printing pull lists and things like that, whereas UCS and Lunar do not. Um, additionally, uh, each between UCS and Lunar, they are both approaching things in different fashions uh, as far as their websites go. Uh, they have, I think, both recently gotten to a level standard of what data they're making available, but uh, we're still unable to do things like uh, get cover images, which we can do through Diamond. We are not able in either of the two at the moment, I believe, uh, to look at our active orders that we have that aren't fulfilled. Um, we, we are able to see our invoices before they show up. Um, well, and that led to a little bit of an issue, too. Um, there was, and I... I think this is gonna, a lot of this is going to depend on who your, uh, you know, how flexible your particular uh, courier is for delivering these items. But like, we had had, so we went um, COD for this instead right. of credit card, right? And uh, which I don't know, we just did it. Well, this is how we it, like but, to run our business. We'd rather pay for the books today yeah, and then sell them as opposed but, to having to sell next week's books to pay for last week's. But either way, I mean, there's a COD fee, but they also have a, a what is it, a two percent credit card fee? Three percent. So, it's and it, it ends up in the long run being cheaper depending yeah. on the volume of your orders. Now, if you're just ordering six books, you're going to get killed on the shipping. But <laughs> you know, it's cheaper to do credit card. But either way, we did that. So the with Diamond, we get an invoice, and you know, Diamond, our Diamond delivery might be nineteen boxes, but we only have one COD fee, right? right? It's attached to the one box. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen this where I went out, I got a certified check from the bank. Had it ready for our UCS delivery, and the UCS delivery shows up, and instead of having the one check, it was split into multiple checks that was exactly divisible by the amount of boxes from the, the amount that they gave us. And I said, well, if you add these up, it equals the check that I've got here that they sent us that was the amount that we had to have and the driver's like I don't know if I can take it I, I really am not sure we're, we're able to accept this and so I ended up just kind of getting a little fed up and just writing personal checks and I was just like I'm just going to write him checks yep. and, and he took them and I said if they got a problem with it they can call me up and I'll tell them that I had a certified check but you guys decided to split them up and then I talked to somebody else who had the same thing happen he's like oh my driver just took it so I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess, you know, I, I can't blame that as much on them as maybe on the courier, but it is still a lack of communication. It's well, the reason that they couldn't take the single or, or would not take the single check was because the tracking, there was like a, apparently when you ship multiple boxes, you get a tracking number, but there's also a way to identify all of the packages that are in a specific shipment. So you can see kind of like a breakdown of, oh, I've got eight boxes coming in. I can mm -hmm. see the status of eight of them. Because we've had times where seven will show up and one won't. Yeah, you can access that with Diamond. Right. 
and so what but what happened with uh, what happens then in that case is the COD is applied to the generic number and there's one box that's, ident- that's identified as the COD when it's attached to one but it goes to the generic number the way that the boxes showed up to us and with other with uh, lunar boxes as well that COD was just divided across the boxes and the boxes did not have a singular unifying number and that makes it I guess it's by their regulations the couriers are not able to take the check mm-hmm. that's for one amount because it's technically two separate shipments in their eye because it's two separate numbers. So that was, you know, that that's a learning item. And it is. It'll and, hopefully and get And they'll resolved. keep getting, I'm just going to keep writing checks until yeah. they call me and say, hey, these aren't certified. And Did I'll you s- try to deposit and them? I'll just say, well, then, yeah. <laughs> the money go through? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of annoying. Um but that's happening with both of them, and both distributors' yeah. shipping charges are wildly, crazily different than uh, than Diamond. And that's actually, I guess, another thing to bring up. So because of the volume that uh, most stores do with Diamond, when you add product, you generally see a minimal shipping increase over 200 pounds total. So if you're shipping 201 pounds, you've got a price, and if you're shipping 301 pounds, that price difference from 0 to 201 versus 201 to 301 that that 201 to 301 is a very small add-on it's marginal and uh what's happening is now you're getting duplicated shipping costs and uh there's stores that are saying my diamond shipping went from six percent of my invoice total to ten percent you know you need to figure this out and diamond's response was that's nothing that we can control shipping costs are direct pass-through that is because you are under a certain volume now that 30 percent of the market is no longer sold through us yeah so you are either going to need to add product to get over the hump or accept that as it is we cannot control that i also saw somebody saying how how uh cheap how much cheaper ucs shipping was versus their diamond shipping um and that person was asked you know how many boxes with one versus the other well i got one ucs box that was half full and i got six diamond boxes well okay come on now um, I do also know that uh, at least UCS at one point had mentioned something about doing some subsidized shipping until they get things figured out. And I think part of that is as as you ship more volume, you can actively renegotiate with your shipping courier service of choice to um, get new rates. And I believe that UCS was going to try and subsidize for a couple of months shipping rates uh, until they got enough volume moving through that they could renegotiate their rates to get them down to where they want them. Well, to you be. can really only get that. You can only get your rates so low before you, unless you're doing like large, large freight shipment, mm-hmm. um, and then you can. Re- but the type of stuff they're doing, you know, I I have a hard time believing Midtown wasn't already going to be topping out at what they'd be using through. Well, for instance, but you, UPS. But you got to remember what Midtown is shipping out as Midtown is very different than the boxes we're getting as as a distributor, right? They're sending out the insert boxes that they're using out. That's the largest that they're really shipping with Midtown on a per-day basis. And half the time, if they can, they'll ship it in something like a T-mailer. Mm-hmm. Whereas now they're shipping the big 800-count boxes with two smaller boxes in it. And, and yeah. so, so it is a large volume difference. And the way that your rates are negotiated is based on the weights of what you're shipping. So if you're shipping, you know... 10 pound and less boxes, you're going to get preferential rates for 10 pounds and less service. But if you're shipping 40 pound boxes, then you're going to start getting, you know, better rates on heavier shipments. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of fun. 
Yeah, I I, I guess I haven't seen our shipping do anything worth complaining about. Uh, yeah, no, and it, that would just be us shouting into that void again and nobody caring. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think the last one that we'll hit there's there's one that's a good one that we'll save for another episode is what is the effect on mail order business with DCBS shifting to distribution and some of the frustrations that customers are having. I could have chosen not to have this question asked, I guess, because now I have just, like, stumped myself. Um, So the effect on mail order is simple. Um, There's some disgruntled customers with DCBS, and they have reached out to see what we're doing. There have been some other things happening at DCBS that either somebody's asleep at the wheel or they're intentionally making changes. Either way, um, I guess the the simple answer, and I don't want to go much deeper than this right now, the simple answer is that we are seeing more interest in our mail order business as a competition to DCBS. Um, We are open to taking on more of that. There's obviously, we're running a business, we desire to do more. Well, and I don't, I I wouldn't even say as as competition to DCBS, I would just say as another alternative on the market. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that, you know, I never. I don't know. I guess I. I never want to view it as being in direct competition with anyone because there's so much. When you're dealing with mail order, you're you're pulling from everywhere. You know, it's not like the guys across town who are. Yeah, like those we're not SOBs. singling DCBS out as yeah, our number yeah, one competitor. I, I think. Um, and let's I be think, honest, we are nowhere close to their size, right? So they we not are, even. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Right. So, um, so the the one thing I would just say is, um, yeah. We're seeing more interest in mail order, and um, we're you know we will take care of it as it comes. I'll tell you more than anything else uh, that what I just said and what you just said makes me. I, I I wonder what I always have thought in this industry that a, you know a rising tide, of course, raises all ships, and I do wonder long term the. the question that, that a lot of people have been asking in store, the people that are in the know, we have a lot of customers who again, I had mentioned that if you can walk into the store and not see anything different with regard to DC and stuff, then you're doing it right, you know, if, if you have a store. Um, but the custom, we do have a lot of customers that are in the know, as many customers that have no idea uh, that have been asking us, what do we think the long-term viability of the market is right now? I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know that more stores right now, I think, have to work together to help each other. If they really, really... um, If they want to survive, if they want the industry to survive, you know, if you've got guys across town that have been competition, uh, find something you can do to throw a show together. You know, bury the hatchet and... Maybe do like a little. Well, if you actually, if you can, all the little shows have been canceled. Yeah, right. You can't have more than like Dane County right now. You can't have more than ten people, so they've canceled all the Madison shows. Um, it's but anyway, I think you're going to have to see stores. Stores are going to have to work together. You know, if if you got guys across town that that didn't get their Batman's or that didn't get whatever, or you didn't get this, you, you got to be friendly with them so you can help each other out. Yep. Uh, Everybody thinks, you know, if a store closes that it's good for another store. And, and sometimes it is, but sometimes it's bad because it doesn't mean that all those people are just going to go to that to the other store to buy their books now. A lot of people just stop buying comics. 
and and that's just not it's just bad for the market. Right. You know, uh, so I think I think if you're a store, if you have a store, maybe turn your turn your competition into uh, into an ally. Yep. You know, work together and and you'll have those places that never want to work. I mean, we have those yeah. too, but but we have a lot more friends with stores than than otherwise and god knows you know we've all helped each other out a lot and, oh yeah and in many instances bailed bailed each other out of some <laughs> fires and we've been certainly bailed out of some fires you know whether it was whether it was our fault we didn't order something or we got shorted on something or right. something showed up damaged but uh that's the kind of thing you got to have that you have to have that network because we don't know what it's going to be like in in a year we don't know what it's going to be like in two years um we want to support. Ultimately, we want to support Diamond because all the other publishers uh, exist through Diamond. You know, you want your Boom books, you want your Image books, you want Valiant, you want IDW, Dynamite. You have to go through Diamond to get them. We don't want anything to happen to Diamond. Not out of not out of uh, fear of change, right? But because if something happens to Diamond, there's going to be a lot of these little publishers. There's there are like you said, there are great publishers popping up. Every day, we got to send that email back to AWA. I I did mine. You have to do yours. I have to do mine. But um, companies like AWA, their books are selling great, Uh, and they're and they've been offering some really cool incentives for stores to order their books. And we've been ordering a bunch of books. Uh, Devil's Highway was the one that just came out. We ordered thirty four of that. Um, That that's a book that you know normally we wouldn't have ordered five. Uh, Yeah, but it looked cool. They offered some cool little bonuses and we're like well what the heck let's take a chance on it if something happened to diamond you're that's done you are not going to see that you know the market's going to go uh towards the only books that will exist are going to be batman x-men spider-man uh stuff like that might be done through kickstarter maybe but but even then you know we ordered a bunch of those books to to get the impulse sales off the shelf uh, you take those impulse sales away. How many people are actually seeking Devil's Highway out to find that? You know, if a book doesn't have a big name character, big name creator to it, how many people are going to seek it out? So I, I worry if something happens to Diamond, I worry about the long term viability of the market. How is something going to happen to Diamond if enough stores close where Diamond can't sustain itself because they've lost twenty five percent of their accounts? So right, and and I guess to follow up with that in a little bit different tone would be um no we're not against open competition in a distributor landscape Mm -hmm. if if all distributors are created equal if all distributors have access to the same product that's where you find that open competition and that's where one will win out for Mm -hmm. you know our store and it may be a different one for a different store um and i think what we have been asking for for a long time and, and yes diamond has their flaws but guess what as we found with ucs and lunar they've got those same flaws Packing books and getting damages, you know, having shipping issues. So it's not a diamond singular thing. But what we have constantly said was if somebody else is out there that could do the same work, do the same, have the same publishers and provide the same service, we would take whichever one was better. Um, So while at this point we definitely want to see diamond remain strong, uh, that doesn't mean that we are Diamond Cinco fans or, you know, just we'll only work with Diamond. We will take what's best for the business, but right now what's best for the industry is Diamond remains strong until an open competitor that has the same offerings is available. Yeah, and that, 
realistically, that might never happen. Exactly. And, and that was that was why when there was that um, that antitrust case with Diamond, that it was, you know, they even decided the court decided that Diamond was the complete opposite of of a monopoly. Well, they were a de facto monopoly. Yeah. But the use as a pejorative. That means that that's something that's unhealthy for an industry. They said it's the opposite of that. Diamond is actually good for the industry. The way that they are doing things, taking care of accounts, helping publishers, that that is a positive thing for the industry. So, um, yeah, we've complained a lot about Diamond and and mostly about damages and things like that. But I think you will hear, after this whole thing, I think you're going to hear a lot less stores complaining about Diamond because... They kind of realized, I don't want to say how good they had it, but um, when you, it's easy to complain about something when you have a safety net. And yeah. You take that safety net away and all of a sudden, it's, it's well, not... And I, yeah, and I think that this has been a good, so we're, you and I, you know, we will call a spade a spade, we'll call out flaws and systems, we'll call ourselves out. We've made mistakes and we know what they are and, and we try and learn from them and not repeat them. Um, but one of the biggest things is, as far as Diamond goes, we have voiced our concerns over specific pieces of their process, not them as a whole. And there are other retailers out there who have just lambasted Diamond, top to bottom, everything, every person. The only person who seems to be clear of any and all hatred is Nance Romer. Nance is phenomenal, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they will throw anyone and everything from Diamond under the bus. However, those same people are now walking everything back. Mm-hmm. Say, well, I guess actually it's not so bad. And so... Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, customers and a lot of just industry individuals, creators who are not retailers came out saying, you know, like, well, you all complain about wanting other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, the verbal 5% of retailers complain about everything, period. I mean, you could, you've given them free, but there were people that got Negan lives gold covers for free got it and it had a small corner nick and it was the end of the world for them this was supposed to be a big week for us with this book and it was supposed to be everything and now it's nothing it's like well, come and on here's the funny thing i saw the same Jesus. people i saw the same people that complained about that saying that they got their books from ucs and that their batman 1 and 25s were bagged and boarded and shipped in a separate mailer okay uh they're like why how come uh, ucs can send me these books like this but this Gold variant, whatever, you know, Diamond just throws in a box. Well, then this week, I saw that same person posting something about uh, their UCS damages Yep, that they got. And I'm like, well, it's going to happen no matter what. There's not going to be a foolproof way. Unless you're standing at the end of the line of the printer, there's too many hands that have to touch things. Well, okay, you no, there would be a foolproof way to do it. It's just that the people who already complain about their shipping costs aren't going to like it when the shipping cost is five times what it is now sure. because they're... Everything's in, put in bubbles. Yeah, and... you can do that, but do you want it, it? Nothing will ever be perfect in exactly. this industry. And I think what I hope, and it's definitely worked on me, is the takeaway from it is we, we got to let the little things go sometimes. Yep. And the little things can be with Diamond, and now the little things might be with UCS. I mean, our first shipment this week... I guess we didn't bring this up with UCS. We didn't get any of our deceased Dead Planet A covers. We got double the B covers, or the C covers, whatever the movie, the Blade Runner variant was. 
And there was another book that we didn't get any copies of. And a different book that we got twice the amount of. So it was... I mean, hey, it's their first week scaling up massively. I get it. I get it. Exactly. Um, But we're not going to... But now it's like... We're not going to go out and, and complain to everyone about how how much they suck. And this is, you know, deceased. Yeah, it's a big book. But guess what? A bunch of people just bought the B covers. Yeah. And we'll let them. They want to come switch it out for the A cover. I don't care. That's great. We'll do. We're happy to do that. Yep. Uh, but we're just going to take it as it comes. And I, I think you hit a really nice little way to kind of wrap this up and end it with, you know, we used to get, I don't want to say worked up over, certain things would aggravate us. And I think with everything that DC has put us through, that's really put that into perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's damages from anyone is still an annoyance because you either have to figure out, did I, am I shorting somebody? Um, you know, or are we not going to have rack sales? So, I mean, damages are still damages. But at the end of the day, um, like you said, you know, we would be, the amounts of frustration, anger, whatever we had with the DC stuff... Um, everything is pretty small compared to it. And yeah. and it makes it very easy to just move on. And, and I've had some really nice calls with Diamond and, um, you know, had a nice exchange email with UCS to go over a few things. And, and in both of them, I made sure to put in there, like, I get it. Everything is new. It's a new frontier, you know, so we're, we accept that, you know, as long as we can work together to find a solution, let us know if we need to do something different on our end. And in every instance, the people that I've talked to have said, you know, thanks for taking that approach and for, understanding and for mm-hmm. you know help working with us and i think that that's ultimately what what has set us over time um apart from other retailers is that we have frustrations and we vent them we don't take them to a public forum we go directly to the person that we have the issue with and work to actively resolve it with them yeah but we do have some friends that make it very public and when they oh. and when they do uh and, and man, I'll tell you, there's times there, where we, guys we pump right, our fists a little behind the curtain. We're like, yeah, <laughs> give it to them. <laughs> but you're not going to see us do that because we want to be a part of the solution. And and um, well, not even. I mean, I, I don't. There are some things we can't give solution. I I think more more along. It's more along the lines like like you said and like I said that we're just we don't get all this has made us not get us worked up anymore about the little things that used to get us worked up and. So maybe if that's the most positive thing that comes out of it and and like we are we are now passive diamond customers and yeah we got some damages yeah they suck but we'll get replacements. I, I also think it's kind of funny how for about 4 weeks every morning we had the same ritual. We would show up and the first question one of us would ask the other person is what did Di- what did DC do today? Yeah, and we haven't had to ask that question for a couple of weeks, and that's been kind of nice. And and hopefully we don't have to ask that question for a long time. Well, we do. Uh, well, hopefully, but probably not because <laughs> we do know that they that somebody from DC just said on uh, a retailer communication that they'll have more. Uh, how did he how did he phrase it? More th- well, somebody had asked. They What's said, the plan? They said, now you guys had said that this is what you're doing is for the health of the direct market. They said, I'm not trying to be rude and I'm not trying to be confrontational, but none of what you've done so far has been good for us for the direct market. Can you please spell out 
what is your plan? When are we going to start seeing it? When will we see these things that are going to affect us as the direct market that will be positive for us? So far, everything has been a negative. You're, you're making more lab- labor for us. We're less efficient. More cost. More cost. When are we going to see what you're saying we're going to see? And there, the, the person who commented on it just kind of said, uh, you'll see it soon. More, or you'll, You've seen some of it. You'll see it soon. Uh, we have more to roll out very soon or whatever. And it's like, well, if we've already seen some of what's supposed to make the direct market better for us, that doesn't make, I don't want to see what's going to be coming soon. So I'm, I'm a little, well, there was also a line in there, something about how we're still formulating it as we go. And that has been apparent from day one. This has not been a well-planned, a well thought out transition and execution. It has been fly by the seat of your pants, shoot from the hip, whatever you want to say. It has been, well, there's been a lot of, Cowboy country. Sure, and there's been a lot of missing stuff, too. I mean, the, the less said about 5G right now, I think, the better. Because oh, it's that, gone. They, they've, they've kind of... Well, I know that 5G is supposed to be... Well, it's supposed to be gone as, as like a line-wide change, but I think that there's still some of the elements, the story elements from 5G that are going to be popping up. I thought that they mixed it all. I think the well, Jonathan you know what? Kent is Superman. This might be a good thing for Jim Lee to talk about, but we haven't heard from him since... C2E2. Yeah, Jim Jim Lee has been... Um, his Mom's been, the word. Absolutely. He's been in some well, good know, shadowy back rooms. We've somewhere. got about 14 people from D.C. commenting on retailer boards, directing us every which way and up and down. Yeah, we don't really... We, we don't really know who handles what anymore. <laughs> the whole at, team is now DC. communications. <laughs> but we do know, again, I think it's the, the most interesting takeaway from any of that D.C. correspondence that they have had has been the fact that they can't answer our questions about DC Direct products because it's not even handled by DC anymore. Yeah. And I think that that's the most the single most damning piece of evidence that uh, what we used to know as DC is, is will very soon just be an imprint uh, of Warner and handled by Warner and handled by the same people that handle everything else for warner dc right now what exists is is dc is dc publishing and that apparently is it and even those decisions aren't being made at the publishing level they're being made above that level yeah now are they having you know obviously they're not really having a a huge say on like editorial content yet i don't think that keyword there yet well that's why i said it right now i think it's being the company itself it's being micromanaged, but they haven't gotten to to micromanaging stories yet. You know, they're they're micromanaging supply chain and they're micromanaging um, collections. Do we need this collection? Uh, they're micromanaging variant covers, which we're, we'll save that for the next time. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't seen them get to the point yet where it's really it seems to have affected editorial. I think a big important part of that is that the Dio is still writing Metal Men, you know, and that title didn't get axed. So I wonder, is that in there, is, is Goodwill, is that... Because it's not selling very well, but with, with with things like that, I don't think that they're getting into it yet and, say, and telling the editors and the writers what to do. But, you know, another interesting thing that, that seems to be nowhere, completely MIA, where is Tom King's Batman Catwoman series? Wasn't that supposed to be out 
Uh, I don't even want to go This is like last year, the beginning of the year. I still have heartburn from Batman 50. So, well, but but where is that? That was supposed to be a huge, a huge thing. I don't see it anywhere. I don't see solicitations for it. Um, I, we actually had a customer who came in and was like, you guys never put that Batman Catwoman series in my box. Like, we don't know if it's even going to come out. Yeah, it hasn't you existed know? yet, so. Uh, so, I don't know. There's a lot of big plans they had that kind of seemed to be completely Oof, MIA. Yep. Well, that was the first episode back. Um We've got a lot of questions. People have, have sent in a lot of questions that we're going to try and get to. Uh, I'm not going to promise that we'll be putting out you know weekly episodes, but I think maybe mm-hmm. we can we can try and get one out in the next couple weeks to answer some more of these questions because some of them are a little timely about what's been going on with COVID in the store and um, publishers and what they're doing through this all. So well, maybe it's maybe it's just better if we just do the next one or two just just answering questions people have. Yeah. Like instead of instead of picking a topic, let's, yeah, let's have a topic. No, 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 just answer questions. We can do that. So, anything else you want to toss in? No, I can't think of anything. I tell you what, though, this episode I've been sitting a lot more comfortably than in the past. We both have nice, soft, swivelly chairs. Mm-hmm. It's it's, uh, it's working. It works real well. I had a yogurt parfait for breakfast. I had a banana, and I just drank my coffee this whole time. I've been drinking water. Nice. Maybe we should start the episode with food and beverage of choice while we go through it so people can pick out their food and beverage of choice while they listen. And nobody's going to listen anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for uh, listening. Um, I will point out a couple of things. Uh, you know, Feel free to reach out to us. I think social at cowbungacomics.com is the email you can hit. We're on Twitter. Um, I, don't, I don't answer Twitter hourly, but I, you know, if I get a notification, I usually check it out uh, by the end of the day. So feel free to hit us up there. Um, we are on the comic book page Slack channel as well as the Collected Comics Library Slack channel. Email us. Email us is easy as social at cowbungacomics.com. But, you know, all those other things were there. Um, but I'll also say that I jumped on a couple of episodes with John Mayo on the comic book page podcast. Um, we did some kind of comics blackout issues while the publishers and distributors were shut down. So if you want to go through a little bit more of a, an in-depth uh, timeline of items, discussion topics, um, you can go ahead and go and listen to those. You can, comicbookpage.com, you can find them, or he's on uh, pretty much every uh, podcast platform out there. But you know, feel free to look at look at those if you want to get a little bit more information. So, I'm there in spirit. You are. You, you are the wind beneath our wings. So with that, we will talk to you all next time. <laughs>